Blog Talk Radio. Hey. Hey. You know what? Let's do it like this. You ready? Let's do it like this. My name is Keelan Patterson of the Kellen Clan, and this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in all of the world. Yeah. You feeling aggressive yet? Because I feel like a titan. Yeah, you see where I'm going? <laughs> if you are a drug-free athlete and looking for a solid foundation to stand on, and a vehicle to drive your goals like what, Desiree? Like a Mack truck through ice cream, I tell ya. With a Titan's foot. Check us out at peoplebemuscle.com. And now let's chit-chat with the banter. Hello, Desiree. Hello. Hello, <laughs> of your Patterson clan. How are you tonight? <laughs> I'm feeling like a Titan. <laughs> like a titan. And I must say, that's pretty darn awesome. I mean, I don't know, what's it feel like when you feel like a titan? Hmm. It's really big, like a winner. Maybe, uh, you know, overall, you know, like titans do. <laughs> like titans do. <laughs> I. I would almost think it feels like you want to, like, break something, if I can say the word like one more time. Like, you want to, like, just, destroy. you know, titans are, like, destructive and powerful. Are they? They, they break I thought stuff. they were winners. I thought well, they were going to real talk show and uh, chat with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess so. I guess so. Well, if that's your definition of titans, then we definitely have a Titan on tonight's show. And uh, I don't know how many of you folks were paying attention to John Abraham's Heart of America uh, Natural Classic, but we have with us tonight the Titan of the pro figure stage, and that is Miss Marley Apt. Marley, say hello to the P4P Real Talk listener land. Hello. Thank you guys so much for having me. Well, we love, we love it that you're here with us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I, um, I live in Geneseo, Illinois. I have a degree in kinesiology, so my love of fitness started way back um, when I was younger. I am in charge of group exercise, land and water. I'm a personal trainer. And I also do um, special populations programming for the Scott County Family YMCA Association in Davenport and Bettendorf, Iowa. So fitness is a huge, huge part of my life. Um, I have three boys that I am raising, and we live a pretty wild and crazy life. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you do. I bet you do. I can relate to raising three children, although they're not all boys. Um, <laughs> so I just something you said just triggered a memory of an article that I saw. So you said you work with special populations at the uh, Bettendorf Y, and I feel like I just saw an article with you talking about work that you've done with cancer patients there. Is that correct? 
Yes, it is. Um, I am a cancer exercise specialist, and we offer the Live Strong at the YMCA program for cancer survivors. And we started that program in about 2011, I believe, and we have put almost 500 cancer survivors through our program, just helping them gain their strength and um, some of their stamina back after going through a cancer diagnosis and all of their treatments. That is pretty darn awesome. That is Thank pretty you. darn um, And so we'll have to, if we have time towards the end of the show, we'll have to definitely talk more about that. But I know our listeners are interested. Oh, it looks like we're going to have to talk about that now. Can you elaborate <laughs> on the program, <laughs> programming and training that you do with cancer patients and or survivors at the Y? What, how exactly are you working with them? Um, well, we start them from, it, it just kind of depends. We have people that are brand new in their journey through their cancer survivorship. Um, we have some people who I think our, our oldest member is 92, and she went through breast cancer 44 years ago. So we kind of wow. have people at all, as long as they're a cancer survivor, they can be part of our program. Um, we start off by doing like an intake interview where we talk to them, find out what surgeries they've had, what kind of cancer they're dealing with, and maybe some of the other things that they've had going on in their lives um, so that we can make sure that our program is safe and effective for them. They are doing cardiovascular training. They are doing muscular training. Um, it's a free 12-week program for survivors. So we have them coming two days a week for 12 weeks, and we just kind of start them where they are. For some people, it's just you know, simply working on getting their range of movement back if they've had maybe a bilateral mastectomy or something like that. Um, and oh, sometimes, big word, you know, big they, word. Big word. Um, if they've had their breast removed for breast cancer, for example. Um, okay. Or, you know, for some of them, we've got some that, that, you know, are pretty strong. They went through cancer a long time ago, but they're just nervous and they just don't know what to do. So we start them all where they are. We kind of run it like small group personal training. And our goal is by the end of the 12 weeks, they can walk into our YMCA as a member. They know what they need to be doing. They're on a track to wellness, and we want to keep them going so they can continue that health and wellness journey with what we call their new normal. I mean, things will always be different for them. So we try to be, um, you know, a place that they can come to get that, that strength and that stamina back. And, you know, we kind of serve as a support group, too. The camaraderie of our of our group is pretty important. So, um, it's it's a really cool program. I'm so glad that we're able to offer it to so many people in the Quasity area. Well, I like the sound of this, but um, there's there's one thing I think a lot of people just don't understand is when you know we we talk about cancer, but we never go in depth about just how how much it beats up a body. And chemo is incredibly hard on the inner workings of a body. So when you're talking about the new normal. Could you just uh, basically go to what that signifies to me? Because I think that kind of went over people's heads. You know, you're within a lot. So you're used to the hard work and effort. But, you know, it takes a lot of willpower and a lot of support to get through that. So just uh, let let people know where it starts and then basically how it gets back to a new normal. Because I love how you said that. Because, you know, that's basically, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, they, you know, when, when someone goes through a cancer diagnosis, I mean, from the very beginning, it kind of changes who they are. It changes um, the life as they know it. It changes, you know, some of them are, are angry with their bodies for kind of kicking back at them. And they're, they're just trying to figure out, you know, you kind of go through a, 
fight mode where you are, are fighting for survival, depending on, you know, what kind of cancer you have. And nothing will ever be the same for them. I mean, for example, sometimes, you know, you might be five years down the road and get a cold, and the first thing people think is, oh, no, it's my cancer back. So life will never be the same. Their bodies will never be the same. You know, chemo just wreaks havoc on everything and sometimes brings you to the brink of death without actually killing you. And the fatigue that they fight and the muscle loss and um, just the weakness that they, they experience through that treatment and then coming out the other side, it's, you know, they've had doctor's appointments every day for six months, and then all of a sudden, you know, okay, you're done now, and they just are kind of dropped, and they don't know what to do next, and they're scared to exercise, they don't know what's safe for them, and everything has changed for them, and, and from a mental standpoint as well, so they've gone from being just a normal person to now having to fight for survival, and so I think, you know, for them, it's, it's this new normal that they're going through, and we try to help lead that way as far as the health and wellness part and just trying to teach them that they, you know, they can battle the fatigue with exercise, and doctors are learning more and more about how important exercise is when they're going through their treatments and afterwards to keep cancer away, you know, so they don't have to battle it a second time. So we're just trying to educate them and get them on the, the journey to where, you know, they want to be in, in that health aspect. Well, that, I think that is totally awesome. And actually, um, reading that article that you were featured in was the first time I'd actually heard about a program like that. So our listeners definitely have lots of questions. We may have to have a follow-up show um, just, to, just to get through all of the aspects that this type of story brings to light. Um, so, guys, we're going to ask a couple of more um, questions related to the program that Marley works in, and then we're going to transition over to um, what we asked her to talk about on this show, and that's her <laughs> natural competitive career. But uh, before we do, so we have several listeners who have family members going through chemo right now, so I, you know, this has really touched a chord with them. Um, and a couple of questions along the same line. Uh, Brenda and Kyle, I'm going to kind of mesh your questions together because they're pretty similar. But basically, for a person who's ignorant of cancer support, what's best for the family and friends to do to be supportive in this situation? Um, you know, what? how integral is the role the family and friends play in a cancer survivor's life from your perspective, Marley? Um, I think it goes different ways depending on who the survivor is. I think, you know, I think people sometimes are scared to talk about it with their family members or their friends because it's kind of the elephant in the room. Do we talk about it? They're already thinking about it. And from what I've gathered from our survivors is they're always thinking about it. And it's okay to approach the topic and it's okay to ask. I think the biggest thing is, is ask specifics. What do you need from me? Just saying to a cancer survivor, what can I do to help? Let me know if there's something. They don't know what they need help with, you know, and it varies from day to day. They may wake up one day and feel awesome and be able to do all kinds of things, and then the next day they can barely get out of bed. And it depends, you know, when they're having their chemo treatment and how that affects them. Um, so I think being specific, saying, hey, I'm going to come over and do your dishes for you and make you dinner tonight. And I think those specific things help because cancer survivors, they don't always know what to ask for. They don't know what they need help with. They just know they don't feel well, they're tired, they're sometimes angry, sometimes very emotional, sometimes they don't want to talk about it at all. I mean, we've had survivors that, 
they don't they don't even really want to acknowledge the fact that they have it. They just kind of want to go day by day. So it really depends on the survivor. But I always tell people to be very honest with, with their friend and family members that are going through it. What do you need from me? What specifically can I do? I'm coming over to do your laundry. I'm coming over to help you and letting them know that, that there are specific tasks that they can do. You know, and for some of ours, it's even bringing them to the Y for the program. Like, I will come pick you up or let me pick you up and take you out to lunch if you're feeling okay. So I think being very specific and also talking about it, not being afraid to approach the subject. Ask them how they're feeling, what they're thinking. Because a lot of times they want to talk about it, but they don't want to burden other people. That's the biggest thing that I've found is if they don't want to be a burden on their friends and family members. You know, they already feel like this is just taking such a toll on everybody. It might be financial. It might just be, you know, emotional. And and I think just being okay talking about it and, and being specific about what you can help them with is always a good thing. All right, that's awesome. And I think, I mean, I think those are great tips. And, guys, we we are going to be back on this. We're going to have a cancer-focused um, show in the future, I, th- I think, specifically to talk about how exercise can play a role in their health and wellness as they make it through their treatments and look at life beyond chemotherapy. Um, but we're going to have to, we're going to have to, park those questions or the rest of your questions until we do that. But that's going to come up in the future. Maybe Marley will be gracious enough to come back um, and join us. Okay. So rest assured, you know, and I love it. And I love the fact that we literally had like a hundred new listeners pop on and they all have, well, maybe not a hundred percent of them, but of those hundred new who didn't hear my disclaimer earlier, they all have more questions. They all have more questions on this topic, so we want to answer those, and we're definitely going to get to it, but tonight's show was actually not <laughs> supposed to be about that. <laughs> don't, don't get off don't, the show. Appreciate your interest and participation. Guess note to self, be careful. Be careful the backstory that you pull up, because you never know what direction the show is going to take, but it sounds like you have to do that, but. So, Melba, thank you for your question. You're going to help us get back on track here with um, – with our tonight's focus um, on Marley App, our natural figure pro that we are uh, sharing this evening with. Melba wants hi, to know. Hi. Hi, Melba. Love you. Hugs and kisses. Um, she wants to know, did you compete as an amateur and then pro in the same year? But actually, before you even answer that question, I want to step us back to, so we know you have a degree in kinesiology. Fitness has always been a part of your life, but kind of unpack this progression of how you even got started in competing yes. and then walk us through to the point where we're actually answering the question. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, kind you of competed amateur and pro in the same year. Yeah, it's kind of a, a funny story. I started lifting um, when I was 16 in a PE class. And I fell in love with it, and our PE teacher at the time had just said something like, wow, you seem really natural at this. You should, you should compete someday in some kind of bodybuilding. And because I was probably one of the only high school girls that had biceps and lats and shoulders and all that fun stuff, and um, I loved it. And I even did summer conditioning with the football players because I didn't want to quit lifting. And I kind of tucked it in the back of my head, and I thought, oh, that would be fun, and kind of went through my life and but I was always one of those people like I didn't know what people would think of me would I embarrass myself I don't know and 
so going forward in life, um, at the age of 39, I was going through a divorce and I was turning 40 and I was still lifting a lot. I teach classes and, you know, this is a huge part of my life. And I just thought, you know what? I don't care what people think anymore. I'm going to chase after this dream. It may be ridiculous because I'm a little older than a lot of people when they get started and just kind of started prepping and finding some people along the way that could give me hints on how to pose. The training I always did myself, since I'm a trainer, I kind of knew what I needed to do, but um, the diet was completely foreign to me. So just found some friends along the way and decided to compete. And I did my first show last year in April of 2017. And I was terrified and nervous, but excited and just fell in love with it. And then did the um, show in Des Moines where I won my pro card and it kind of started from there. So I've really only done three shows since I've started, including the Heart of America show that I won my pro debut in. So it's all still very new to me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So your start in competing is very similar to my start. We were close in age. I started at, you know, the age of 38, and I was staring at 40, um, divorced, single parent at the same time, and uh, and fell in love with it also. But uh, I can't say that my uh, journey towards pro card accomplishment was as short as yours. So I remember seeing you at the um, NGA Titan Classic in Des Moines, Iowa, and um, I actually interviewed for you for. Uh, can I, what is my deal? Can I talk tonight? I actually interviewed you following uh-huh. you winning your pro card. So guys, if you check the video vault on the Midwest Russell Facebook page, you'll be able to video see vault, my interview with Marley. And then next thing I know, a year later, so Melba, she, there, was, there was close to a full year in between those two shows. Not quite, but close. So technically, she did compete amateur and pro in the same 12-month period, um, two different years, though, 2017, 2018. And for some pros, that's common, not for all. Um, and then next thing I know, you're on stage at John Abraham's Heart of America, and you're winning the pro class. Yeah. And it's your pro debut on top of that. Pro debut. I, I mean, thoughts on that experience. I mean, that had to be pretty darn amazing. I was so excited. I was shocked. The other um, women competitors were, I mean, they were so strong. And I, I remember kind of looking around trying to pick them out because since I'm kind of new to this, I don't really know a lot of people in this world yet. And um, I was just trying to pick out the ones that I thought were pro and it was pretty easy to pick them out. And I remember looking at my boyfriend saying, I think we should probably just go home. I don't think I can hang with these girls. I mean, I'm not a big person. I'm I'm five feet tall and I weigh 102 pounds and um, I'm, I'm very lean. I don't have a lot of mass and I'm kind of working on that, but I, I, I was so excited to be there and I couldn't wait to do the show. I was nervous. And so when I won, I was just, I was so shocked. I was so shocked and I was so excited and I'm, I'm still shocked and I'm still so excited. So, and you're, I mean, you are right. So I'm going to take a minute to give a quick shout out to the other pro figure gals that were at that show. Um, Aaron Barr, Blair McCalmont, and Ariel Mirdorf. So shout out to all of those figure pros. But 
you did, I mean, your description doesn't really do yourself justice. You may not feel like you have a lot of mass, but for your body stature, I mean, you were very symmetrical. Your posing was, you know, right on. And, and actually, I, I didn't even really recognize you at first when I saw you. And I don't know if it's because your hair was down this time versus up, but <laughs> I saw your name. And I had actually, you were like my pick. I if I were judging, I would have placed you first. And then I saw your name, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I know her. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, yeah, I just, um, I just over the last year since I did the Titan Classic, I was really working on, I wanted to get on stage one more time, and it just didn't happen. And I was fighting an injury, so I was just trying to gain some mass and, really working on posing because again this is also new I'm learning so much as I go and it kind of just all came together so I was just way super excited just like I said not expecting um to do to do that well so yeah it was it was a good night (laughs) well I'm gonna piggyback this because uh you know it's my mom so I can yeah but um (laughs) I know mom is asking for a specific reason, and there, there's a lot going on. You stepped on stage with some veterans, so that, that's impressive in itself. But there's a lot of things that happen from basically an amateur to a pro stage, and it's, a, it's, it's really night and day. You know, there's a pro physique that can win, but then you have to basically address that pro physique to step on a pro stage. Can you please elaborate? Just a little bit more about the significance and what you what you look like to win as a pro, and I mean to win the pro card and then to win as a pro because that's a big difference. And you know sometimes we we run past it so fast that people think well anybody can do it, and I say well anyone can, but there has to be a lot of work in between those two uh, two times you do that from one stage as a, a pro winner pro card winner. Uh, pro winner, so please uh, bring that in again, so we can have people understand just how important it is to do the work after the pro card win, not just the work to win a pro card. Yeah, I knew. Um, I knew when I won my pro card, if I wanted to step on stage as a pro, I needed to step it up. I needed to gain some more mass. I needed to really work on my posing and fine tune everything. Um, I really took the judges' critiques from the Titan Classic to heart. I mean, I, I, we were sent them, and I printed them out, and I really studied what they said and the areas that I needed to work on. Um, I mean, I, I almost didn't need them to tell me because I knew. I knew it was my glutes. I knew it was widening my back. I know what my weaknesses are. Um, so that was really where I started, just really trying to add some muscle and lifting really heavy and really peeing in. Um, so for my diet, I pretty much follow, you know, macros. And so really trying to see in what's working for me and what's not, um, trying to figure all that out and making sure that I was doing the work that I needed to in the gym and I was working hard um, and, you know, just and, and posing especially. I, I started that really early this time because, um, I, like I said, I was fighting some injuries and I have a shoulder blade that popped out while so I was trying to. And so one shoulder tired. Oh. So I was trying to really work on how do I look like I'm straight when I'm really not. And so there was a lot of things going on besides just the workouts and the diets that I had to focus on this time. But I knew it was important because those 
those little details are what really matter when you're going from amateur to, to pro stage. I knew I would be competing against women who knew what they were doing and looked awesome and I wanted to, my biggest thing was if I couldn't win, I wanted to look at least like I belonged up there. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, so true. And we've heard, you know, other athletes share that same sentiment of at least going in, wanting to look like they belonged. And, you know, that's, that's part of, that's probably half the battle, but I think that's as much of a mental battle as Yo, it is no. physical. So, you know, having that that confidence in both areas there, regardless of the outcome. Um, this next question that we have is from Caleb, and I'm going to point this towards uh, both Marley and KP on this one. It's from Caleb, and he's oh. asking how – Huh? I thought you meant me. I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're doing over there. But this one's from Caleb. I'm going to ask both of you. He wants to know how much has true science changed the face of natural bodybuilding? Oh, um, that's, a, that's a good question. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm the best one to ask that. <laughs> oh, yes, I mean, you can. I kind of just, I, I just do what I do, and I have enough background on the lifting and the diet a little bit that I, I just kind of make it work. I mean, when it comes to the science of supplementation and all of that, I'm not a very good one to speak on that because the only thing that I do is BCAs and protein. That is it. Um, I eat a very clean diet. I do my workouts are very old school and basic. And um, so for me, there's, there's not a lot of science. It's all very basic for my workouts and my diet and everything that I'm doing. Well, you might you might be surprised that the things you are doing are what science has proved work versus <laughs> yeah, some of the bro quote unquote bro science that's still out there. Yeah. Kaylin, you're Yeah, um I, I know it has changed a lot simply because there's actual actual factual basis to work from. I mean, there's a lot of gimmicks and we've seen them all, you know, we, well, not, I don't say seen them all. There's a lot of ignorance we still have yet to uncover, which is sad in itself, but that's the truth of the matter. Uh, there's some gimmick around the corner that we have yet to deal with, and Des and I will speak against it just like we do against all the other bro science that we've had to deal with. But the, when you talk about science, when you talk about the body, there, there are certain foundations that you can work from. And when you find out what the actual foundations are, then you can actually do real progress and real work. And there was a lot of things that we as athletes, you know, even back in in other sports where, you know, I I can remember where our coaches would punish us by not letting us drink water when we hadn't done something right on the field. And I'm thinking, you know, now I say, well, that that only makes things worse and and hinders the body from getting the progress that they were asking for. So, you know, that's the kind of thing we've had to deal with in the past. Thank God that we don't have to deal with all of that now. There's still a lot of things that we have to break through simply because people's ideologies are set in stone about, you know, misinformation, which is sad, but it still happens. As the sport grows, people are seeing the physiques that are just phenomenal because of doing everything that they're supposed to and addressing their body as they should with uh, recovery, diet, and rest. And these were things, you know, we had to fight through because, you know, no pain, no gain was a real popular one. And I was always, you know, if you get injured, then you work through it. And this is a 
a nice thing to to you know beat your chest with, but if you really can't move your arm, you can't really pop your chest either. So you know it, it's a lot of things that we had to fight through, and I do mean fight. But thank God people are actually coming into the industry with that foreknowledge what they need to do with their body. So if they do get information that's not correct, they can either you know stop it right then or stop someone else from going through something that they know is just not factual or intelligent for the body or mind. It, it's a lot of things that we have to work through, but, you know, like I said, we have a foundation now that can be set in stone and, and, and basically address the truth for what it is and the lies for what they are. That. Yeah, and I would just say, if you recall our recent interview with uh, Dr. Joe Klimzewski, um we were oh, talking yeah. about intermittent fasting and, you know, some of the, the new information that's coming out around that. Um, some of our early interviews with him, um, I say interviews, we've had him on the show <laughs> a total of twice, including it. the intermittent fasting. But, you know, he's, he had a lot to do with really pushing the concept of, you know, macro-based dieting. That wasn't always a thing, you know, flexible eating based on macros. That was not always a thing. Um, and this Thursday coming up, we're going to have nutritionist Mark South from Australia, who's going to be coming on. He's going to be talking about dieting based on your body type. Yep, a <laughs> lot of this is, uh, yeah, we'll have an Australian intro then, is, is based on a lot of the new research and science that is coming out. So, you know, depending on what aspect of it you want to come at it, a lot has changed, I think, over the years in just health and wellness, period. But, you know, there's there's always more come out and to keep your eyes on. So it's it's pretty awesome. So one thing, though, Marley, that you can help clarify for us is um, Sheldon is looking for a better definition of kinesiology. So can you help shed some light in that area for us? Yeah, it's basically the science of movement. So it's um, exercise-based, movement-based, um, talking about, you know, the levers in your body and all of that fun stuff and how you move together and your kinetic change, you know, your, your ankles, knees, hips, and all of, all of the things that tie into an exercise. It's basically an exercise science degree is, is what I have. Did that answer it? <laughs> yeah. I, I think so. It, no, what, what, see, what it is, it, there's a lot of times where information comes out and it just doesn't sound like the norm, and I think that's what uh-huh. confused uh, uh, Sheldon. Um, yep, it, it's or, basically an exercise science degree. It, it's, you know, just kind of like what we were talking about, about basic body systems and how muscles work and bones and how they work together and, and how your whole body functions and how exercise plays a role in that and our movements and whether it's in sporting events or just in your, your daily movements. And um, so, yeah, just basically a, a science about movement and body and exercise is kind of the long and short of it, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Well, and depending on where you get your degree. Oh, okay. go ahead. Yeah. No, no, you go ahead. I was ahead. gonna say depending on where you depending on where you get your degree from, it's 
it's sometimes called a totally different thing, but the principles are generally pretty close to being the same. Right. Yep. All right, KP. So yep. Sheldon has a follow-up question. No, I'll let you answer. Go ahead. Um, so he's also wondering, is that, you know, is kinesiology really necessary to what you do or just an area where you have an interest? Um, I think it's very necessary in what I do. I, there's a lot of personal trainers out there that just get a personal training certification or, or do things, um, you know, like that they just get educated in, in small ways. The nice thing about having a, an actual degree in an exercise science versus just having a personal training cert or something like that, I mean, we spend hours and hours of doing things in a lab and learning the right ways to doing things. I can't tell you how many class periods it took us to learn how to do a proper squat. Um, you know, so it's learning how to take blood pressure and learning about the body systems and how they work. And I just feel like for what I do, especially working with my special populations group, I think that having um, a degree in an exercise science and doing what I do, even with bodybuilding and my, my work every day, um, it's huge because I feel like I have that higher knowledge. I understand the basis of what we're doing and why, you know, the basic movements are important and your body systems and how they're working are important, you know, in, in regards to exercise and, and how you're moving. And even just with bodybuilding, like knowing um, what foods and the compounds and the different things help to, to build muscle. And, I mean, you can learn a lot of that just by reading stuff. But I think when you actually have a degree in it, I mean, you are focused on that for four or five years and learning more than probably what you need to know. But I love to know more than what I need to know because you never know what you're going to need to know. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, and uh, there, there's, a lot, there's a lot of things. Like I said, there's a lot of information that's out there. And Dr. Joe was one of the, the first ones to show us that, you know, we still have so much to learn. And it's always nice to have that foundation because you can challenge yourself to whether you're going to be right or wrong, but without the foundation, you never really know what you're going off of. So, you know, I, I love the fact that, uh, you know, you guys are, are, are taking those extra and next steps to basically improve on yourself because it's going to improve the people around you, if, uh, if, if my understanding is correct. Yes, Definitely. I, and I think that I can help educate people because I'm educated in this field more so than, you know, even, even when I'm personal training someone, um, I'm not just pulling things out of a book. I'm looking at them. I'm doing a gait analysis of what, what needs to be done. And that's even for myself when I realized I had winged scapula. Okay, going back to my, my degree and my knowledge about muscles and bones and structure and all of yeah. that, what do I need to do to fix this imbalance? I need to go clear back to the beginning, you know, how do I, how do I fix this? And I think that if you don't have that knowledge base and that foundation, it's hard to, to go backwards if you need, because it, you know, it was like we were talking about earlier with resting and um, that kind of stuff. I mean, you really have to kind of know what you're doing to be able to fix things if there's an imbalance or if there's something wrong or an injury. Um, so I'm glad that I have that base that I, I don't have to seek other people's help for that. I know what I need to do and I know how to fix it. That's awesome. So now you use the phrase gait analysis. Can you kind of explain to our listeners what that is in um, simple so terms? If I'm, yeah, if I'm working with a client or even myself, um, 
seeing how they're walking? Is is there a shoulder that's up? Are they walking heel toe or their arm swing, um, opposite arm, opposite leg? Um, you know, just is, is there a hip that's higher? Is there a limp? Why are they limping? Is it coming from their knee, their ankle, their hip? Again, looking at kind of that kinetic chain and looking at their spinal structure, is their shoulders even? Um, I work with people with Parkinson's as well, and their gait is completely different than what, you know, a normal gait would be. And so looking at how, how people move and then how do we fix those imbalances or how, what muscles do we need to strengthen to, to help those imbalances to make their walking and their movement um, normal again or, you know, healthy, healthy movement, I guess you could say. Okay, gotcha. Now, so you had referenced earlier with your prep, so you've got the body part of it down. I mean, you have enough knowledge to to get you pointed on a good track. But then you said the nutrition was kind of a mystery for you. So did you end up working with a coach at any point in your prep, or did no, you just study really. what you needed and um, worked it out? Yeah, I studied what I needed. I set my own macros, and then I kind of noticed things weren't quite falling into place that they needed to. So actually one of my staff members is an NGA pro also. Her name is Delight Curtis. And so she kind of took my macros and was like, yeah. So she's one of my water X instructors. And I'm also friends with NGA pro Courtney Miles. And so between the two of them, yeah, between the two of them, I said, could you guys take a look at my macros and just kind of help me? Like, what do I need to do? What is not right? So they just both kind of helped me tweak those a little bit. And they, I mean, I think the light, she, she really hit it on the head with, with where I needed to be with my macros. So I already knew kind of what foods to eat. So I didn't really need help in that realm. Um, because my background, also my minor in college was nutrition. So, you know, I knew proteins. I knew what I should be eating. I know um, what's more like nutrient-dense and not as calorically dense. So I had that knowledge. It was just trying to figure out how much those amounts that I needed. So those two people helped me quite a bit with with setting my macros and a little bit of the posing, too, because that was where I really needed a lot of help. I was about to say, because you've got two great ones in the in the natural industry. I mean, Delight with her height, and then you oh that yep. sounds like a rock. Anyway, then you've got Courtney, <laughs> and and my goodness, that's a great background of questions you can ask and know you're going to get a legitimate answer. I mean, my goodness, aren't you? Yeah, I'm very sport? lucky. I trust them both, you know, with everything, and um, so they were huge help, and just even you know, navigating through, you know, natural organizations. Like, I, I mean, I'm so new to this that I'm still trying to learn all of these these different organizations and different options that are open to me. So, um, you know, they've both been a great resource because they've been doing this longer than I have. So that's huge, huge help for me. That's an understatement. Wow. I'm uh, Wow. I mean, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Small world. Uh, I've had the pleasure of speaking with both of those ladies, and they have a plethora of knowledge that's just, I mean, it's like the cornucopia of just information for you. I'm I'm sure that's got to be a great wellspring to to dip into to basically ensure that, hey, I'm on the right path, and they can definitely make sure, yes, you're exactly where you need to be, or no, you're exactly where you not need to be, because they they, they have the mindset to be truthful and open and honest 
to give you the correct information. So that's that's great to hear that they're sharing and giving like that to where, you know, you can be uh, winning, obviously, uh, on stage and in life. So I, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. And, um, wow, I'm just, I'm just blown away that you've got that kind of uh, information you can tap into. Spoiled rotten. Yeah, Hashtag spoiled. <laughs> yeah, I well, and I didn't even know this when I started. Um, Courtney, I work out at the same gym with her, and so I didn't, I didn't know her. I didn't know she competed, and and Delight, I had just taken over um, the full time position at the Y and being in charge, and I had no idea that she did it either because I didn't really know her. And all of a sudden, things just started happening, and I was like, oh my gosh, I've got these two people like in my back pocket. How great is this? But I didn't even know were available to me. <laughs> Wow, and, you know, they're both so humble that you almost have to pry it out of them to get the information, you know, that they even do what they do because they're so yep. down to earth. So that's even a bigger blessing, you know, to basically get information that you know is full and truthful instead of basically withheld yep. only, you know, like they're holding something back so they can have an advantage. I'm I'm really enjoying this part of the conversation. I definitely did not expect to have this part of the show, but thank God that we are. <laughs> Um, I, I hats off to that, and, and thank you for reaching out to to people to, to make sure that you're doing it correctly. But my goodness, what a great opportunity and chance to have those two in the same vicinity! Wow, I'm just yeah, whew. I'm very oh, okay. lucky. I, I, very I'm lucky. harping on them, but wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm very lucky and, and very blessed. They've been just amazing, amazing. Okay, now we got a uh, question came in. I, I've been harping on so long that I, I guess my listeners are, are getting impatient. Um, this one, it, it, it's a good question to ask, and there's two answers to it. I, it depends on, you know, which side of the field you're on, but we're going to answer it, hopefully. I, well, I will answer it honestly, and I hope you do as well, and it doesn't make you uncomfortable. If an option of competing in natural bodybuilding and competing in the enhanced community is an option, which is more difficult? This is coming from Dale. I'm sorry. Say say it again. I kind of my phone kind of cut out just a second. What was that again? Okay. It says he's asking. This is from Dale. He's asking if an option of competing in natural bodybuilding and competing in the enhanced community is an option. Which is more difficult? Well, to be honest, um, my first show was a show that is not natural. Um, I I think it's more difficult to compete there if you're a natural competitor because how do you compete against people that are enhancing their physique with things that are not legal in the natural world, I guess? Um, mm-hmm. How do you... I, I, I really, truly think that people who are natural, they, they look different than those who aren't, and I think it's, I mean, yeah. how, like, for me, how do I compete against someone who's got three times the mass that I have, and I'm not willing to do what they've done to get that way? Does that make sense? So I think yeah. as, a, as a natural competitor, I, I think it's very difficult. Um, when I did my first show that wasn't, you know, it wasn't an NGA show, it wasn't a natural show, I kind of looked around and I thought, wow, I, I, I know that I'm working my booty off and I am lifting heavy and um, I'm, I'm not understanding how, how the size is so different. If that, you know, I mean, this is my honest opinion. 
Um, so then when I found out about national organizations, I thought, well, now I'm at home. Now I feel like I can hang. Now I feel like I can compete because this is this is what natural bodybuilding looks like. Yes. Like, oh, you know, it, it, no, no, it makes sense, and and and, and, and there's it, it's a lot of angles you could cover with this one. So I'm going to try to cover to make sure that we're getting Dale's question answered fully. Um, as a natural athlete, it's incredibly hard to maintain um, muscle mass because you know if you get sick, uh, your body's going to deplete. It's going to basically heal itself, and in that process, it's going to, you know, tap into a lot of stores that you need to get those gains. So, you know, uh, muscle gains are much more precious to natural athletes, and that that's before you even get on stage. That's just working out in the gym, diet, uh, rest. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen in, in a prep that can delay, stall, or even stop a prep to where you basically have to delay the show you want to do and go to on to another one. Um, that's even before you get on stage. Again, we have um, stepping on stage as a, a natural athlete. You still have to make it through the complete prep. Uh, hopefully you were able to do it exactly as it was uh, planned. Many times <laughs> it's not uh, the case. There's family issues. There's diet issues. There's work issues. There's relationship issues, and all of these things play a role in getting ready for prep. Again, causing either a good muscle mass gains and, and holding on to it or a bad diet, or sometimes you have the person that has the, the poor, I don't want to call them coaches because they aren't, uh, people that are basically trying to guide you some kind of way, uh, not going with actual facts but misinformation, their own cookie cutter or whatever, and these things play a, a role in, in competition. As an enhanced athlete, you can cut a lot more corners simply because you have outside influences that are basically maintaining and keeping your muscle mass. Um, I had to deal with a fellow that told me he was a natural athlete. Um, I think 12 weeks into the prep, I realized that uh, something was not right. Uh, his, his gains were happening. I think he gained 20 pounds in the process of his prep. I had lost 40. So, you know, there was those, those things were happening, and I'm thinking, well, how can he be, you know, getting better and I'm getting worse? And it, actually I was just being a natural athlete, getting ready for a natural show. There's a lot of things that go into that, but um, it it is much harder uh, for a natural athlete to do what's going to happen, and, um, you know, it, it 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 just it takes its toll on a natural athlete. It also takes its toll on an enhanced individual, but in a much more damaging uh, internal organ kind of way. There's a lot of things that happen inside that aren't seen to show what would be considered, quote, unquote, a great physique outside. So, you know, if if you're saying – is it harder to compete as a natural athlete to get to stage and actually do a prep much, much harder? Uh, in the long run, uh, as an enhanced athlete, you, there's a lot more life-damaging things that happen to get to stage and never in a good way. And, you know, I'd, I'd rather compete as a natural athlete and live than to compete as an enhanced athlete and risk the, the you know, risk death. I mean, because that's, that's your two choices, and there's plenty of people that you can see in any muscle magazine that have made the choice to do 
you know, life-threatening things. But, you know, you see that in all corners of life with the heroin addiction, you know, everything else. So hopefully that answers you, Dale. There's a lot to it, and I hope we covered enough to make it uh, worth listening to. Yes. Well, no, I think you you covered all the aspects of it. Um, You you know, both sides, I'm just going to (laughs) say both sides. Putting in time in the gym. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take that away. But uh, definitely, as a natural athlete, you know, it's gonna take longer. It's gonna take more consistency. It's going to take more persistence, um, and really dedication because of the amount of time that it's going to take a natural person versus an enhanced person to truly achieve the results that they're after. So you know, yeah. there are so many. Just so many different aspects of it. But, yeah. You do the <laughs> You do that. You, stop, can, um, you can't keep that yeah. without totally disappearing your body as a natural. Yes, you can totally do that. But uh, anyway. Somebody got to meet somebody that kept her game. <laughs> no, not a doubt. I did get to meet Ernestine Shepard, but that's uh, – that's that's I'll have to brag on that another day, um, but I do think we covered that very well. So thanks for that question, Dale. It was a good one, Brendan. Sorry we missed your question there for a second, but we're back, Marley. This one is for you. As a personal trainer, how is your job, um, or what part of your job, I guess, is is it? What is that? How is personal training helping get people to compete more successfully? How do personal trainers, here we go, how do personal trainers help people compete more successfully? There we go. Sorry I murdered that question there, Brendan, but there it is. (laughs) Um, I think, like, with personal training, um, I, I think that we can help coach people in the right way. Um, helping them, you know, do the work that needs to be done in the gym. And, again, just looking at things like what their bodies look like, what do we need to do to focus on those areas that maybe they're lacking in, um, how do we teach them. I think education is a lot of it, educating them um, to muscle structure and, and balancing the muscles out and what, what exercises need to be done. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I do when I'm working with, with clients is they think they know what they need to do, but a lot of times they're doing it all wrong. Um, or they're focusing on the wrong things, I guess. <laughs> so it's just kind of, kind of re-educating them. <laughs> you know, I do I do have to agree on that front. I would say that a personal trainer, because they've got another eye, and hopefully they've got an unbiased eye that is trained on seeing you for what what you are, where you are, and getting you moved to that next stage where I might look in the mirror and think, damn, I look good. And my turn will be like, well, you're on your way to good. <laughs> you're not yep, quite yep, there yep. yet. But just because That's it was an improvement over what it was, I'm like in love with it. So, 
Yeah, there is that. We have to be brutally honest, which can be difficult. Yes. But if you want someone to succeed, to do that for them, because that's that's what they're paying you for. That's what they need you for. And you just find a very nice way to say it, I guess. <laughs> yep, no doubt. And sometimes, sometimes you just need someone to do the thinking for you. I mean, personal trainers who compete even have trainers for themselves because they're so focused on helping their clients that they want someone to do the thinking for them. So all they have to do is execute. And again, they have this unbiased eye that is going to be seeing things that they're not. So, I mean, there are many different forms where trainers come in and help their clients succeed. Sometimes it's a purely knowledge-based. Their clients just don't know what they don't know. And sometimes it's not about knowledge, but it's about that accountability and about pushing things forward when you don't have time to really focus on yourself. Trainers are great in that aspect also. Um, Kaylin? Yeah, it, it, it's, I love what you guys are saying because the truth, it, it, it's, it's like a lost art nowadays. Where, you know, I, I, I noticed about maybe 10 years back that friends weren't really being friends anymore. Because they were just being yes people, and you know, oh, you look great. And it's like, no, you don't. You got a booger in your nose. What, what's going on? How did you not <laughs> see that in the mirror? You know, it's just certain things. It's like, you know, you got a hair out of place, and it just happens to be near your belt buckle. So, you know, it, it, these things need to be said if we're going to be friends. Personal trainers have to become the friend that doesn't exist anymore, and, and they have to say things that are going to and not hurt, but really, like, thing because, yeah, it should have been addressed some time ago. And there are a lot of people that are gym-looking, but they're not stage-ready. And, you know, if you get enough people telling them, you know, you're ready to do this, you're ready to do this, and then they get on stage, it's, it's, it's glaringly obvious that someone wasn't your coach but basically said some sweet words that really convinced you that this was the time to shine and you were going to take everything. You know, we had a good example was uh, one of the gentlemen that competed in, in bodybuilding at the, the New York State. And, and then it was, uh, I'm sorry, up, upstate New York, uh, Mr. and Miss Upstate New York. My apologies for saying it incorrectly. But he, he really was convinced that he was going to do well. And, you know, he'd already let me know when the show was done where we were going to be doing the interview for his overall, and I was like, "Wow, that's, that's impressive that you, you're that confident." But I'm really amazed that someone hadn't spoken to you earlier about, you know, just how many weeks out you are. And you know, he was very shocked, and it, it, it's sad when you see that, but very shocked when you know his name wasn't called first, and he was, uh, you know, he didn't do anything uh, disgraceful or disrespectful to the state. But he was still very uh, surprised that he didn't place where he thought he should have. And even when he saw the people that were there, he still had the misunderstanding of criteria for the respective show. And it was something to uh, really see without that personal trainer eye and just people telling you uh, that you're going to do well. Because that's a big thing. You know, when you say you're going to compete, there's all kinds of people that want to help but they don't have the right mindset or information or background to help you be successful. So that's another thing. Beth? No, I think you covered it. And um, and we're going to have to let that be the final word on that topic because, as oh. always, we are 
short on time. Oh. Hate it when that happens, but but it does. So Marley, yeah, sure. you you <laughs> you won your pro debut. Bringing this back around to you, what can we expect <laughs> to see from you in the future? Um, well, I'm just kind of yeah. looking at what shows I can do this year. Um, I was planning on doing the NGA Rumble on the River because it was local, and I want to support our, our local promoters. Um, but unfortunately, there weren't any other pro figure girls signed up, so it doesn't look like I'll be doing that one. Um, so I'm just kind of looking. I'm just <laughs> looking into, like, August, September, <laughs> October, what can I do? And um, I'm sorry, what did you say? Well, if you've missed it, Kaylin is trying to subliminally mention the uh, P4P undefeated <laughs> natural championship in Ho-Chunk in the Ho-Chunk Casino in Wisconsin Dells on August 11th. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. If you win, you could win a a sponsorship for the supplements for a whole year for P2P. Think about that. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, on this, I'm, I, I may have to have to look into doing that show. That would be that would be a fun one. <laughs> just just break it down, man. King and queen. Come on. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot to it more than I can break down tonight. But you know, there is king and queen of the hill. There are lots of bonuses. There could be your face on a, a supplement canister, just all kinds of stuff. So the boys at P4P Muscle are working hard to provide a uh, a bar none excellent experience for amateurs and pros alike. So definitely one to consider if you're pretty darn close to being show ready, not close to being show ready in August. So, so I guess, Marley, there's our plug what you could be doing later this fall. Yeah, I, I'm appreciative of the plug because I am definitely going to look at that. Like I said, I'm new to all this, so I'm trying to even just kind of learn what, what's oh, out there. Oh. So that one sounds exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're excited, if nothing else, if you can't already tell. So with that MC. being said, um, yes, I am going to be emceeing that event. So it would be great to see you at yet another show this oh, year if oh. it works out. <laughs> but uh, but with that being said It's been great having you tonight Thanks for taking the time We're definitely going to have to have you back To talk about um, You know the work that you do With um, yes. with your special okay. groups And you mentioned Parkinson's I'm sure there's so many other areas In there Individuals with different um, Health issues that you're touching that I know our listeners are going to know someone like that in their own personal lives. So we're definitely going to have yes. to have you back oh and goodness. just continue to get educated about the role of exercise, nutrition, health and wellness in individuals who are facing and or recovering from life-threatening situations and how they're moving forward. So definitely hope to do that here in the very near future. And, uh, yes. yeah, if we could see you again in August, that would be fantastic. Oh, yep, I'm excited. And, and again, thank you guys so much for having me. I would love to come back on and talk about the different things that we're doing. And I, I hope to see you both in August. Awesome. Yeah, so with that being said, Kaylin, Snickerdoodle shout out. Snickerdoodle canister with your face on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
also on behalf of Marley, Kaylin, myself, and the boys from P for P Muscle, your body is a temple, so let's build it. <laughs>